podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode number 132, and uh, the shows are available live, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, your home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts, and more. So please do give us a follow on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel, click the bell for notifications every time we go live or upload content and there's a lot of content coming your way. And uh, of course, if you prefer your podcast in audio form, then you can download all of the shows at your favourite radio and podcast platform. Just search Ace Podcast Nation and there's over 400 something shows and of course if you want to keep the social media purely football you can follow at ac footy show on all social media platforms but uh, just as we wait for those platforms that i mentioned to uh, fill up a little bit um, a big thank you to black diamond sports as ever for all their support around the show and the channel uh, black diamond sports is a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world for more information you can visit their social media pages and of course their website the links to which are in the description below and of course the closing credits at the end of the show and uh, today's sponsor as ever is bespoke financial and darren ralston and uh, darren is giving away a free will worth 140 pounds with any new policy which is taken out so please check him out give him a call don't miss out on what is an incredible offer particularly in the uh, as we come out of covid and stuff like that it's, uh, it's a great time to get those policies in order and uh, get some cover he's looked after andy for for many a year including the critical illness and the injury cover they are top of their field and they do provide award-winning service and uh, we're extremely proud to partner up with such a brand and uh, we thank them for sponsoring the show but uh, we'll see how a little video from them at the end of the show as well but uh, with no further ado because we have a lot to talk about today and including uh, another top top guest from the football world but uh, first of all the goal collector the fox in the box the speed demon some would say the goal machine mm some would say but of course he is the ex Cardiff City Middlesbrough legend Davy Jones's favorite son it is Mr Andy Campbell welcome my friend how are you I am uh, I'm amazing uh, I just want to start with uh, a huge thanks to everybody who sent me um 
Loads of messages yesterday for my birth. I thought it was amazing, by the way. Um, Donna Perry, I'm not well. 52. I'm not 52, by the way. So take take you one. Um, and Dave Jones didn't get me didn't, didn't get me disappointed. Is that uh, that was uh, GD Perry? So no. But uh, but he had a lovely day uh, with the family. Uh, and so excited for tonight. Listen, football's gone mad in 36 hours, which is which is oh, something yeah. we're going to talk about. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Another amazing guest. You just said it's I, and uh, I'm really excited. I love talking to current footballers and um, and having a different swing on certain things. And uh, I'm so excited to uh, to talk to someone who's um, who I've been lucky enough to see live a couple of times. Um, who excited second player. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Can't wait. Indeed, it's going to be fantastic. And uh, of course, our guest this evening is uh, Exeter City winger Robbie Wilmot. Welcome, Robbie. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, like you said, it's been a big. Um... Thanks for coming on, Robbie. Thanks for coming no on, problem. mate. No, it's been a big, uh, like a big couple of days in football, so it'd be good to have a chat about it. Before yes, we start with that, though, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd, uh, I'd just touch on the game on Saturday, Robbie, because obviously you played against uh, Southend United. Um, tell everybody what the game was like. I know you were sub, you came on, picked a yellow card up. What the, what yeah. the game was like? What the game was like? No, it was tough. It was, um, I think, in Phil Brown's um, post-match interview, he said we're going to go to war. Um, so we knew it was in for a tough game. Um, they're a lot better side than where they are on the table. Um, he's got, he's only been there a week or so now, but he's got them playing well. They're a very good individual, individual player side, I'd say. Haven't really gelled this year. Um, they're quite direct. Um, we couldn't really get out in the first half, and they they played well. Um, sort of last 20 minutes we should have scored we had a number, a number of opportunities we couldn't take them but we're still a point outside the playoffs um, with five games to go so um, and we play Newport on Saturday which is they're a point Ooh, above us big so. game for you big game for you I can't miss um, it Robbie just you, 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 are you not allowed to play is that the rule no I'm not allowed to play I'll be at home uh, watching it Robbie you just you just touched on something there though about a new manager and Phil Brown Phil's someone who I've played under um, as an assistant manager at Bolton back in the day under under Big Sam um, how important then is is a, is a new manager to a football club you just said it there about he, the, the, the players are better than what they're showing so is a new manager's job that important to to make that happen I think so I think it's like as a player I think once once things start getting a bit stale you need you need something new to come and freshen it up, and you can tell that Phil's done that at Southend. You know the players look like they really want to run for him and um, work hard for him. And I think obviously the first half of the season they have they obviously haven't done that. They look like they're going to get relegated this season, but um, they're a massive club, especially for the National League next season. They're going to be, yeah. I'll probably say, title favourite. Well, sorry, we had uh, we had my brother on. My brother used to play for Southend, so he's he's gutted the position there. I mean, last question on the game, Robbie. What was the yellow card for? I don't I don't know. By the way, um, I'm just oh, I played a short I played a short corner and it got cut out. Um, and I ran back and it was like a body check, but it was a it was a weak. It was a, I think it was a weak yellow. It was um, <laughs> it was uh, do you know Darren Drysdale is the one with the um, I do the know it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I didn't want to. Um, didn't want too much of them. Yeah, don't, don't. Just tip the yellow and walk away. Good choice, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Good choice. Good choice. Um, so, what we do for a first, Robbie, before we get into it, because um, people are uh, itching to uh, get into the old discussion, should we say, about the Super League. Um, 
we like to do the Magnificent Seven, which is seven quickfire questions. So we'll get into that first and foremost, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. But it's basically, you know, as it is, just say yeah, the first thing which comes to mind, basically, as we ask you the ask you the questions. Hmm. Okay, nice and easy to start. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Uh, favorite TV show. Uh, the Big Bang Theory. Oh, we have another one. No, it's a new one again. Uh, oh. Luton or Cambridge? Oh. <laughs> Luton. I changed that as well, by the way, because first of all, it's, it was Newport or Cambridge, but I decided I didn't want to put you in an awkward position, so I, yeah, I changed yeah. it to Luton. Because I'm, I'm, I'm nice like that. Um, best manager you've ever played under? Um... Probably uh, Gary Brabin when I was on, at Cambridge and Luton. Great show. Good show. Great show. Uh, angriest teammate? Um, angriest. Probably Joss Labadee, who plays for Newport. Brabs could have been up there as a player, by the way, as well, because he was an angry man right up there with, him, with the angriest. Oh, yeah, he used, to, he used to like lose his neck every time oh, he used to God, he was, uh, yeah, he was, he, he, he could tell he was going to be a, he was going to be a coach or a manager, just the way he handled himself on the pitch, he was, yeah, he was very vocal, I liked him though, he was a good, uh, lovely fella. Um, so last couple of questions, I'm going to ditch one of my questions, and I'm going to bring in something which a couple of people have asked in the live chat, and that is, uh, do you want Exeter to beat Newport next weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna go for draw. Probably be, be, bear like in it. mind, bear in mind, every time, every time Middlesbrough play Cardiff, and I say draw, I get abused on this show. By the way, so yeah, you know what I mean. I'm, I, I, that fence is comfortable, Robbie. I tell you, fair play. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'll be I'll be sitting on it until after Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. And then uh, the final question, my favourite. In your opinion, who is the greatest Englishman who's ever lived? Does not have to be football related. Um, I love Gaza. It's a good question. Gaza. I like it. I good like shout. it. Yeah, I like it. They don't. They don't, well, I think. they don't make. They don't make him like him anymore. No, no really. he's... they don't. People have tried. No. People have tried, but there's no. There's no replication of Gaza. Gaza's a one-off, and I think always will be. You know what I mean? Rooney was probably the closest you were going to, you're going to get. But so you are, it looks Spot like you're on, ready. Mate. Looks like you're ready. I'm ready, mate. I'm ready. Let's go. Right. Gloves are. Where do you want to, we've got three subjects to discuss in any other business this evening. There hasn't much been going on, so it was difficult to find them. Um, so we've got three subjects. We'll let the guest pick the order. So the first subject is player social media and uh, and Phil Foden's tweet after the uh, Europe Champions League game the other week. Uh, Jose Mourinho sacked by Spurs and uh, something about a Super League as well. Which one would you like to go with first? <laughs> Let's go with uh, Mourinho. Mourinho sacked by uh, Spurs like today. Yeah, like to me, that's... Um, it's just shambles. I've got to be honest. Like, what was it? Eleven months ago, they put him in charge. Like, you know what you're going to get with Jose Mourinho, and it's much like Man United did with him. Although you could say United did it for at least a season. Spurs haven't really backed him, and I never understand putting Jose Mourinho in charge if you're not going to 
give him a bit of a war chest because otherwise he's not able to build the sort of squads that he's done previously and been successful. But I don't know if you saw Harry Kane's tweets after he was sacked today. Like, they were quite telling. Um, he called him boss. He was quite complimentary about him. I don't think I got the impression he was not a happy bunny that they'd sacked Mourinho, what, less than a week before their biggest game of the season in the League Cup final. Um, all round shambles. Uh, at the moment, they were saying on Talk Sport when I was driving home just now that uh, Ryan Mason is the favourite to take over. Now, I can only give my opinion on that. I think that is far too big a job for someone who hasn't been a manager yet. Particularly if I'm Harry Kane, I'm thinking I don't want to be part of a five-year project which might be successful at the end of it. I want trophies now. Because I'm what I think Harry Kane's 28 or 29, you know he's neat. he's coming up to 30. He's an England international. He's England captain. He doesn't want to be part. I wouldn't thought part of something which might be successful. He wants success, you know, in the next 12 to 18 months. I would have thought. So I think there's going to be some big names possibly leaving Spurs. Uh, and lastly, I'd say ironically, I think Daniel Levy sacked Jose Mourinho because he felt like he had to make a choice between the two and I don't necessarily think he did because I th everyone thought that Harry Kane was going to leave in the at the end of the season because he wasn't happy with Mourinho but maybe that's not the case but uh, Andy what do you think because this seems to me quite shambolic oh, I think you just took the words out of my mouth the whole football club is an absolute disgrace by, by making decisions like that and Daniel Levy should be he should be embarrassed of himself by making some kind of decisions like that you know what I mean the They've got themselves in a in a couple there against a very good footballing team. And listen, you know what I mean. The, if there was one manager who could have won on Sunday, it was Mourinho with the tactics that he does and the team that he would have put out and the way that he was probably planning this for weeks, he could have got a result. I look at the last eight league games; they've lost two out of the last eight. The way, you know what I mean. You look at you look at the league. You look. Yes, they got beat by Arsenal. Um, they got beat by Man United. Um, yes, it wasn't it wasn't the most attractive way of playing football. But they're still scoring goals. They're still creating chances. Um, I don't think the the Dynamo Zagreb game helped. Um, is um, Everton are beneath them? Arsenal are beneath them. Wolves are beneath them. Crystal Palace are beneath them. Southampton have been beaten nine nil this season beneath them. Brighton, who had a good season last season, beneath them. Burnley might get relegated this season beneath them. I got the sack. Those managers are. A days away from losing the job, or one more game away from losing the job, because if if, if the big teams, are, um, or the so-called big teams, are panicking and push, pushing that pushing that button now, the panic button, then those teams must be following suit soon, because football's a business. Is it showing how much of a business it is? And these kind of clubs can't afford to um, to not follow suit if that's the way it's going. You know, I mean, I'm not a big fan of people losing the jobs. For me, we've always said that change your manager in the summer. If you don't, ha if you're not happy with them and you want him to leave, change in the summer. There's no, for me, there's no point in when you've got big games coming up, you've got a chance to potentially get in the Champions League. Yes, they're a few points away, but they've still got an opportunity to get in the Champions League. They haven't failed yet. You know what I mean? No. They haven't failed yet. Let's, let me just put that there. Robbie, what's your, what's your thoughts on it being a being a, a current player? You know what I mean? Being at a club when a manager's lost his job. You know what I mean? How will, how will the players be? Um, be feeling now? Will they be? Will they feel relieved? Some of them. Will they feel they've let, let him down? Some of them. Will they feel guilty? And what what emotions they'll be going through that that football club in changing room now? Yeah, I think I think some players will obviously feel that 
the the, the guilt is is with them. You know, you, you know if you've done well for the manager or not, and the manager will know if you've done well for them or not, and, and stuff like that. But I think the the the, the job that Ryan Mason is going to have, like you said, I think it's just it's too big. The the club's too big. He's I think he's been brought in just to be a yes man. I think he's just going to be Levy's yes man. You know, I think if he gets the job long term, it's going to be these are the players that you're going to have. You know, go out and do something with them. He's not really going to have a voice or anything like that. And like we said on the with Harry Kane, I mean, it's players at that level. Once the manager leaves, like Mourinho, you want another manager of that stature to come in and bring the club forward and stuff like that. And they're taking like ten steps back, giving Mason the job. It's, like Robbie, you just, you've just said there, Robbie, about about ambition. Then you know, I'm also use that word. You know, what I mean, you use you as a footballer now. He's got ambitions. You've got Harry Kane. You've got England internationals. You've got World Cup winners in that group. They've all got ambitions. So, do they lack an ambition by doing by, by making this decision? What you know, what I mean, yeah, that, 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 it's, it's such a lack in ambition. It, if you want to go and win trophies, like Spurs haven't won a trophy in so many years, and they're trying to keep their best players in Kane and Son and stuff like that. If you want to go and win trophies, you've got to bring someone in who's going to do that. You can't just give the job to whoever and go, oh, yeah, like, this is a five-year, ten-year plan and we're going to bring X amount of players in over so many years. It's just not going to happen. It really isn't because the top clubs then strengthen and strengthen every year. You've got City who pay £50 million for defenders and they're yeah. getting results of it and Tottenham won't do it. And until they do it, they're not going to win anything. Here's a question for both of you. They haven't you. got the money side as well. No, the money well, here's a question for both of you then. If this Super League goes ahead, which it looks like it will go because the the top six in the UK, have they've um, filed a court junction to try and make sure that they won't be banned or fined or chucked out of everything if they go to this Super League. If I'm Spurs and I'm going to that Super League... With this big, you know, I think it was three hundred million you get just for going in it or something. I read. So, if I've got that money to spend and I'm going into a super league of the Europeans' supposed top teams, I want probably Jose Mourinho to be my manager. I don't want no disrespect to Ryan Mason, but if I got to choose between the two and who's going to spend my three hundred million, I'm probably going to go with Jose when he's proven that if you give him money at that level, he's gonna at least win you trophies. It might be dreadful football, etc., but he will win trophies. So have they jumped the gun from that perspective as well as the other stuff that we've discussed? Who's going to attract Who's going to attract you better footballers? Somebody who's won the Champions League or somebody who's played for Spurs all his career, you know what I mean, and, and, and played for Hull. You know what I mean? No, I'm not, I'm not being disrespectful to ex-footballer. I'm just, I'm just saying as it is, and, and if I was a Tottenham fan, I'd see it as a real step backwards, like Robbie said, take 10 steps back, even more, because if you're getting 300 million quid, I'm, I'm looking at it as a, as, a, as a football fan thinking, they've sacked the manager and bringing a, a, somebody in who's, who's got no experience, they're not going to spend any money, that money's going back into the football club to pay the debts off, to pay, to pay the, stadium the stadium off, and the... They can't get relegated, so it's gonna. It's a business decision and a business own decision. It's not a footballing decision, but they're gonna get. They're gonna all week in, week out if they're not careful. You know, what I mean, it's gonna be embarrassing for that football club. So how are they gonna progress? It's not gonna be fun being a being a Spurs no. fan in that kind of standard. It's um, someone in the chat. I don't know who it was said a, a bit earlier on. <coughs> like uh, we'll we'll get to the Super League and stuff in a minute, but 
like someone in the chat said, Arsenal and Spurs are going to be the whipping boys of that Super League. When you look at the teams that are in there, like, are they going to be the teams down the bottom? Yeah, so are they going to be the teams at the bottom? Like, and if they lose a big chunk of their best players, is that also going to, you know, make that more likely? And it, it is like, a, it just lacks ambition. Like, to sack him well, it's, it's a hard week before it's, it's, Cup Final is it's, pointless. Yeah, it's difficult though because Robbie in, in, in English football you're you're used to promotion relegation so you, you've got something if that's staying up you know what I mean it, it, even staying up it gives you that buzz because you've, you've you've achieved something in the season if you've got 10 games to go and you're sat at the bottom of the league and you've got nothing to play for as a player how would you get yourself motivated to, to play and pay good money you're not going to get relegated. There's nothing really to play for. So how how would those players get themselves motivated? Because they don't need motivation, surely. Well, they wouldn't. They they literally wouldn't. These games are just going to be a farce. They're going to be a friendly. That's always going to be. Nothing like you said. The whipping Tottenham and Arsenal boys. Like, I'm an Arsenal fan, and like, I I just think it's pointless. Like, if if I'm thinking yeah we'll go to the Super League and and do whatever, but like, I'm hoping that teams like I've just seen that Porto. Have opted not to go into the Super yeah. League. If I'm an Arsenal, if I'm in a, an Arsenal fan, I, I want Porto in the Super League because I'm thinking, well, that's a winnable game against Porto. If we have Porto at home, I'm thinking, yeah, we could possibly turn turn Porto over. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll be going to Barcelona, Real Madrid. Like, like if you're Harry Kane and they're saying, you know, we want you to stay for X amount of years. Well, you go Barcelona, you're not going to touch the ball. Is he is he going to be happy losing four or five nil? Having one chance a game, and it's just it's just a, it's just such a pointless pointless league. I just think it's well, I just think it's well, horrific. So it reminds me. Of, well, Robbie just said there about about, about it being um, like friendly games. So for me, the way the way that it looks to me, and I know I'm gonna I'm gonna probably make people laugh, and I'm gonna annoy people a little bit, but it's, it reminds me of the Nation League because the Nations League is is a is a new system, and this what this looks like. It looks like it's a. It's been brought in to play games, to be competitive, but not really competitive because you haven't gotten relegation. And nothing really happens in it. And it's just a carbon copy, but a league format instead of a national format. The whole thing just, it just doesn't make sense. I just... So, yeah, let's, like, let's switch completely to the Super League stuff then. So, from what I've read, there's X amount of teams who've agreed to go into it from various leagues. Bayern Munich, Dortmund, Porto have all said no. Uh, the top six, traditional top six, if you like, if, you, if the Premier League have said yes, Madrid, Barcelona, the Milan teams have all said yes. So the the concept is is those teams cannot ever be relegated out, or they are always in this league. Then there's five spots which can be uh, earned by teams around Europe each season to go into it and. They play. I think it's they play. There's two groups. They play each other home and away, and then it goes into like a knockout stage. I think with the top three of each league, and then there's like a playoff between the fourth and fifth teams from each group, and then it goes into a traditional knockout tournament. But it's played between. I think it was like May and August or something. So it's right after the season would start because supposedly the teams involved in it they don't want to pull out of the domestic league and stuff bear in mind Man United didn't play in the FA Cup uh, one year because they had a a world club championship mm. but you're telling me that these teams uh, year after year 
are going to play a full season of four tournaments, those top teams, you know, the league, the Champions League, whatever, all those, all a full season. Then they're going to play May till August in this Super League. And then they're going to go and play international football every two years in the Euros or the World Cup. It's not going to happen. So something's no. got to give. Just, you know, even if you don't include things like, you know, who's going to be banned and who's going to be stopped from playing where, just on paper, that's not going to work. We're already talking and regularly about with COVID where you've had the back-to-back seasons and then you've got the Euros and then you've got the World Cup. There's no break for like nearly three years. But now they want to put this extra league in, which is supposedly going to be the best of the best. It's not, is it? Because if... FIFA say if you that. play in they've the Super, got the best. Well, this is it. They've announced today that the Champions League has got a new format on the same, you know, the same weekend that they're talking about this crap. But, but this the other thing, what, and what define define side define. You said that you said just then traditional top six, yeah. right? Tottenham. Oh, he never won the Premier League. Yeah, never won the never won the Premier League. Never looked like winning the Premier League. By the way, you know what I mean? Yeah. They haven't even been anywhere near anywhere near close. No, I mean, you look at Leicester City. Leicester City won the Premier League. They're top four. They're top four. We season normally see a couple of times. They're in the top six now. They look like they're going to finish third or fourth this year. You know what I mean? What what right does it give Spurs as a football club? And I'm not just picking on Spurs, by the way. I can I can say about Arsenal this season, took a ninth. You know what I mean? And Robbie's an Arsenal fan, and he's already said his frustrations this season already. That what gives them club their a, a top six club now because they've had a good history in, in the Premier League it doesn't work like that unfortunately teams evolve no. clubs clubs have more money you look at Leicester City's money what they've got the gener- the, what they're generating the money what West Ham United are generating as a football club because of the big stadium it, it drives me mad you know what I mean Everton you know what I mean if, we, if, if these teams don't stay in the Premier League for example and, it's, and they break away and they don't play in the Premier League then we're going to have a, a, a Premier League which is not going to be worth the paper it's written on. Yeah, it's going to be the equivalent of the Scottish League, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to have Basically. Everton. We're going to have Everton, Leicester, and West Ham fighting for the fighting for the title. You know what I mean, Robbie? How would that make How would that make you as a football fan to see? Would you watch Premier League football if it was if that was the biggest game on the on the season? Which is what is that is that appealing to you as a fan or as a player? No, not at all. You just but you want to be in the biggest games, and if they're not going to be in the league and stuff like that. So, like Sunday, like you get the Super Sunday games and stuff like that. You know, like you have when you have like Derby weekend, you've got like Man, Man United, City, Liverpool, Everton, and, and you've got Arsenal, Tottenham all on the same weekend. You're like buzzing for the weekend, but when you've got like Everton, West Ham, and then the next biggest game, you've got Leeds versus West Brom or something like that. You're like, it's, it just doesn't make any yeah. sense. But I just, I just think it goes down to the whole the, the whole American concept. Where it's like all the teams are franchised because of money. No one can get relegated. No one can get promoted. But yet they're still making millions. And it's relegation and promotion is all part of football. That's where like the heartache of the last day, last day of the season is like one of the best days or one of the worst days of the season. And it's amazing to watch as a player and as a fan. It's amazing to watch. But these these games in the Premier League are just going to be awful they'll just be awful it's totally agree. Like, well it makes a mockery as well though si, of of the premier league so look at norwich city right norwich city have had the best weekend in a long time they got themselves promoted from yeah. the from the championship 
Um, they're looking forward to the next season. Then all of a sudden, a day later, they hear this news that their money from the Premier League could could be cut somehow because if the, if this decision that might the Premier League might hold some of this money back, so it's, that could affect their their that their, their livelihood, the, the the amount of players they can bring in, the squad size they can do. You know what I mean? The support. I just think it's so disrespectful to all these kind of clubs like Norwich City, like um, like Bournemouth. You know what I mean? Like Barnsley. You know what I mean? Barnsley. Potentially could be in the Premier League next year, and it might be an absolute disgrace and a waste of time. You know, I just think, why are we, why are we even, why are we even looking at it? You know what I mean? Even the Gary Nevilles and the Jamie Carragher's and and all the ex Gary Linekers, they're all totally against it because they know what damage it's doing to to modern day football, and that's why other countries, Germany, for example, uh, if anybody follows Jan Fjord, Jan Fjordov on social media, he's very outspoken and rightly so, by the way, because he runs his own TV channel over there in Germany. Uh, where he's living, has decided that um, the big teams aren't following suit. And, I, and you know what? I respect them so much for that because that just yeah. shows solidarity. It shows respect of fo- for football and for players and for fans. For they, competition. They're, they're, they're not thinking about the money. They're not thinking of that. They're thinking of say that the Champions League, they're going to win the Champions League week in, uh, season after season because there's yeah. going to be no decent sides in it. Well, so it's, you know what's going to happen. Much, yeah. So, obviously... When I was speaking then about the long seasons, is that I was going like on the sort of hypothetical where no one's banned from doing anything, that everyone can just do what they they're planning. So, but when you in realistically, FIFA have already said if you play in the U, uh, this this Super League, you won't be allowed to play international football for your country. So straight away, we were talking about Harry Kane earlier. He's twenty eight. Wants to win trophies. Wants to do well. He's the England captain. Is he going to stay at Spurs? For a bit of extra money and play in the Super League, or is he going to move to Paris, get the same money, play in the Champions League, and play for England? It's a no brainer. So, what you're going to find is Paris, Bayern, the traditionally big clubs who aren't in the Super League, will get all the best players because the best, the, the bigger or the the top clubs in the English league, if you take out the top t- t- traditional top six because they're relegated or banned or whatever, what's left won't be able to afford uh, the best players in Europe. So those you, all those best players are only going to go to a handful of clubs. It's just that now that handful of clubs is a lot bigger. So and it's going to be a massive fight. problem for the, for the on, Premier on, League as a brand as well. On that point, though, you know what I mean? We've got a current player here on the show. Um, you're talking about players and you talk about money. You know what I mean? That Harry Kane could leave Tottenham Hospital on 250 grand a week. He could go and sign for West Ham on the same because they've got the money. They can afford it and they're playing in the Premier League. So, for me, players are going to get 20 million, 30 million contracts over four or five years. It's absolutely fine. Mm. They're going to get it in the Premier League. They couldn't get it in Norwich City. It's, it's irrelevant. You know what I mean? Yeah, but for the me, TV rights might not be there, the, so they the, might the, not have the money in the Premier League, is my, my point. If, if you haven't players, got this money, if the players to, don't want to. If the players don't want to be there, the players don't want to play in these kind of tournaments. They won't do it. They'll vote with their feet and they'll, they'll put a transfer request in because Sky Sports have bought the rights for the Premier League yes. for the next so many years. So, so this for this league, and it'd be well, interesting who who does get it. Robbie, yeah, what's it's going to be fascinating on, to watch on listen, list on, on on players or player power. You know what I mean? Will do you think players will vote with their feet and not not want to play in this Super League, or do you think? Players want to play at that kind of level week in, week out, game after game. Enough. No, I think I think they'll vote against it. I really do. I think once you take international football away, um, away from them, I think they'll just vote no. I think I think that's, that's what the Champions League's for. You know, everyone you get all these players who 
who, let's say, at United, and they, they miss out on the Champions League and they make Europa League. All you ever hear is, oh, Pogba wants to play Champions League. He just well, he wants Champions League football. But like, you've got it there. Like, it's there. Your club is now taking it away from you. And it, like you said, it's like they, they, they might get 50 grand a week more. But these are multi-millionaires. Like, yeah. already. Like, yeah. Let's be honest, like, 200, like 300 grand a week, it ain't going to make a difference. Like, no. Like, it's just, it's just so much. It's just great. And players, it's, don't, and players yeah. don't, players don't think of that. You, you said there about um, who put the comment on it was um, Sky will renegotiate the deal. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm yeah. telling you now, there's no way, there's, there's no way in the world because I tell you now, the other the football clubs will sue Sky Sports. They'll they'll sue them. For Depends money how back. the contract's written, doesn't it? If it's if it's based around but, but, those top six clubs, but the the ones, they have they the most games, don't they? Though. Yeah, but the one I spoke about this though, this won't this won't be in the this won't be in the contract. There's no way in the world that it's been discussed. No way. Because this has been done between the top six because nobody's known what's going on. Nobody's spoke about this for years. This has been a this has been a talking point when Fergie was manager and well, they've, they've, they've been talking they? just coming in. Sneaky. Yeah, they've been talking. The top six have been talking and this is this is where this is where it becomes underhand. This is where it becomes disrespectful to the rest of the Premier League because you've got a, a game, let's say West Ham at home to um to Everton, for example, you know what I mean, and you're inviting people from the board into into your into your home, into your boardroom. How disrespectful is it that, that that you're talking to someone and they've been talking behind your back and they've stitched your football? Yeah. They've they've ruining football and they're absolutely killing it for fans, for the supporters, for for neutrals, for for people who talk about it, for players, for just for everybody, and I, even for their own players and their own, and, 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 and their own organisation because it's. It's not for me, you know, because if I, there's more trouble. If, this it's rubbish for me. Probably if I'm a supporter, if I'm a supporter and I'm and I'm and I'm, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, just do the Super League, whatever. And like now, COVID's hit and it's a global pandemic, and money around the world is so much harder to come by for everyone. People are losing their jobs and everything like that. Like, how do you afford? Like when supporters are back, like how do you afford to keep going? Yeah, abroad. So, but how do you keep? How do you keep doing? It? I don't understand. I don't understand how you'll keep doing it. And then it won't yeah. be long before you get like, you'll see, Arsenal play Barcelona, but it will be in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Yeah. Totally 100%. agree. Totally agree. Um, totally agree. And, that, and that's what's going to be. Every, every game, every every game will be in China, or every game yes. will be in Saudi, yeah. or every It'd game be will Abu be in Dhabi. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. And, that, and that's where um, you're going to make the money. Money. It won't be home and away. It'll be neutral. Every game will be neutral. Yeah, spot on, mate. I wanted to put these two questions to the both of you just to finish the subject off, really. Um, first first question is, do you think... Now, bear in mind that football clubs make the majority of their money from TV rights and things like this. They don't make the majority of their money... Like, I'm talking the top six. Don't make the majority of their money from fans and people going to the ground. It's, it's stuff away from that. Do you think that... Covid and the last year showing that football can function uh, on TV and be presented and it can be good and you can edit in crowd noises and things like this. Do you think that has given them a bit of confidence that they can go and do this Super League, even if the fans are, even if their fans like for each club are not on board with it? That's the first question. Uh, Andy, what do you reckon? Um, I think. I think. I think the football clubs think that they can do this without the fans. 
they don't care if they're there or not. You know what I mean? I, I think Robbie just said it there about every other week, every other week's going to be an away game. Or every week could be an away game, depending on how they do it. If every other week's an away game and you've got to Barcelona on this Saturday, and then in two weeks you've got to Real Madrid, then two weeks you go to a team in then that comes with a cost. So supporters won't turn up. You know what I mean? You're going to have to watch it on TV, which, which probably comes at a cost again. They don't care about that cost. They just care about them picking up that kind of money. You know what I mean? I believe, I believe if it does happen, every game will be in a certain country. So every game, um, like the Grand Prix, that it'll go on, on a circuit. So everywhere it'll be something else. A different game somewhere else or over a weekend. You know what I mean? A different time, same pitch, same ground. And for me, I don't think I don't think it can happen. I don't think I don't think we can allow it to happen. I think there's got to be some kind of sport, you know what I mean, to to stop this stop this from happening. You know what I mean? But for me, to answer your question, they can do it because they don't they don't need fans. They don't need fans to yeah. make this happen, unfortunately. And um, and Robbie, I wanted to put this to you as well. Is if they decide to go ahead with it, and the fans of the individual clubs just, you know, they they say they're not going to go, but they just go ahead with it anyway. Um, and the Premier League or FIFA, UEFA, all of them say to those football clubs, you cannot compete in the Champions League, the Premier League, whatever. What sort of impact is that going to have on the playing squad at Man United? Like, to me, it doesn't feel like there's enough money that you could offer those players to just play Super League football, which has got no competition aspect to it other than winning the league. There's no relegation, there's no promotion. It's just the same teams over and over again. Like, what sort of, I guess, mindset would the players have if, they get, if they've been kicked out of everything else? Mindset would just be, you'll just get players, like the ones who went to China, you'll just get players like that, you know, you'll get... Bang on. you just get... Not, you just get bang average Premier League players who want to make it. Who just want to make as much money as they can, retire, and then that they're happy. You get players who want competition. Football is about competition. You want to be fighting for the for the Champions League and qualifying for Europe and stuff like that. You know, it's like when you get a team in the Premier League. You know, like Leeds have come up, and you're like, you know, Leeds could potentially make Europe. You know, on their first time back in the Premier League. You know, that that's like special. And it's it's almost being taken away. It's because the teams are leaving. It's like oh, you know, it's just a it's a one-off season for Leeds, and it doesn't matter. These teams are going, but the, the players, you know, like Harry Kane and stuff like that, they'll all leave. Pogba will leave United because it's, it's a pointless competition unless his agent keeps him there, and and his agent's getting a payoff from it. Um, and then, yeah, I just I just think the, the top top players who who have enough about and will just leave and will just go to like you said Paris Saint Germain, Bayern Munich, Dortmund, proper clubs. Do you know what I, I say? I couldn't have put it any better myself. What Rob, you want an answer by Spot the way? On, do you know, mate, what I mean? uh, from a from a player who uh, who who sees that competitive aspect of, of of playing, you know, what I mean that that's one thing that when um, when you when obviously when I retired that year. That you don't train in competitiveness. I'm talking about, and then that match day where you where you're competitive and you want to uh, you want to try and beat someone else and want to try and get up the table. And if you haven't got that, you know, I mean, it becomes. I watched the MLS last night late. I watched two or three games yesterday. Um, doesn't I don't get it because you know what I mean. It doesn't. It doesn't I matter. I struggle to watch the MLS, mate. I got to be honest because same it's... as the A League. Same as the A League. There's no there's no competitiveness. There's no you know what I mean. It doesn't matter if you're bottom of the league because you know next season you can come back stronger and. You can give up. You can give up with five, six, seven games to go, and I, 
I just think it's it's so I can't let this happen. You know, we can't let it happen because Robbie mentioned it earlier on about franchise. You know what I mean? It's that's what it seems like. And the, and the figures are they're getting spoke about is three hundred million. If you are franchised in the MLS, it's three hundred million. It's like the Premier League now or the Super League now is three hundred million. It's like the it's like yeah. the, the the Super League towards the MLS and making it a franchise that you buy into it. And if you want to get relegated or you want to come into it, you can come into it. But you pay three hundred million quid. You know what I mean, and and that money gets shared around everybody else, and there's a voting system. And for it, it, it's, it there's got to be more than that. You know what I mean? As a player, you know what I mean. It's like like Robbie mentioned earlier on. Uh, we've all mentioned players are going to get paid regardless. Players mm-hmm. are multi-millionaires regardless of this league or not. You know what I mean? That if they get relegated, some of them from the Premier League, they're still millionaires. If they're if if they're mid-table Premier League, Europa League, listen. FA Cup, you know, I watched Leicester. Leicester made their first FA Cup final yesterday. These are the kind of things that I want to see as a football fan, as yeah. a neutral. I don't want to see and listen to all this rubbish well, what's what's being touted around. I want to see I want to see West Ham getting in the in the Champions League. I want I want it to be a big achievement. Yeah, that's it. Well, mate, we haven't even talked about the impact on the the pyramid and you know, like the Championship and League One and League Two. Maybe we could talk about that on Friday because I do want to move on, but I just want to address. One comment. Gavin just said, Klopp won't have this Super League crap. He's got too much passion for the club and the fans. 100% <coughs> he would leave first. Well, Liverpool are in it. So, I guess he's got a decision to make. Are you saying, Gavin, that the Liverpool owners have made this decision without speaking to the manager? Because if you saw Solskjaer's interview yesterday, where he said, oh, I know nothing about it. I'll have to look into it before I can make a comment. 100% he knew it was coming. 100% he knew that his club was involved and if any of those mm. clubs have kind of decided they're going in the Super League without at least giving the manager a heads up then of course that manager's going to have a look at whether he's in the right job because it's common sense isn't it really I suppose that they would speak to the manager of the football club but so it'd be interesting mate because players, Sam, managers, not, everyone's got a decision to make haven't they whether they go or they don't if it goes ahead could you not then? Could you not then put two and two together and come up with five with with Mourinho? That Mourinho's lost his job today after that because he didn't want to go with it. So, so Mourinho well, he didn't want to go with it. Uh, want it. And you know what I mean? So Mourinho didn't want it. He's had a, he's had an argument with the, with the owner, and all of a sudden he's lost his job. And he's got a cup final coming up for the weekend. For yeah. me, I think there's a bigger picture. That than makes sense to say that it does make sense. But but until we know the evidence, until we know, of course. You know, I mean, it's not a results for me. It's not a results. I don't think you can do that because there's, there's worse teams in the Premier League at the minute. For me, that has got to be the the underlining. I didn't want to be in it, and he's threatened to walk. So Daniel's just sacked him anyway. Yeah, yeah, I, and I do. I think that's probably like that makes sense to me more than just sacking him out of the blue because you're on a bad run, but you've got a cup final on Sunday. You'd wait until after the final, wouldn't you, to you know to try and get that done first. Um, just before we talked about the next subject, mate, um, Al Baker, Exeter City fan, uh, he says, uh, Hi guys, uh, hope you guys are doing a w- okay. A question for Robbie. Uh, I'm an Exeter City fan. I was wondering if you're going to stay with us next season. Well, um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm still contracted to Newport until I think it's July. Um, and then I have to obviously wait for a contract offers and stuff like that. You know, they might From not the Super League. Anything. <laughs> yeah, I'll be going to the Super League. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've recently had a, a little girl. She's only eight months. So, sort of the next contract has to be right and location-wise and stuff like that. You know, it's got to be right. But 
Um, I'm loving every minute, Exeter, to be fair. It's a great club. Good stuff. Um, right, Andy, I know there's one more subject you want to talk about, mate, before we go deep into Robbie's uh, career and stuff. So let's... Uh, you, let's get that one on because I know it's uh, yeah, it's, just, it's one which Robbie can give a good insight to as well. I think. Yeah, well, I think obviously current players and social media and um, and basically the, the, the story short is um, Phil Forden, uh, the beat, uh, British Dortmund in in, in midweek. Uh, he scored the he scored the second goal, didn't he? As a, in, in the winning in, in the winner with um, somebody tweeted out, "Killing Mbappe, I'm coming to I'm coming to get you." Um, it obviously coincided and found out that that uh, Phil doesn't do his own social media tweets and doesn't run his own social media. And someone took it took it upon them to have a little bit of fun, and it backfired a little bit because of the, some of the, they called him big headed, a little bit of Bobby station, which did come up. It did come across like that. Um, and obviously, my question to Robbie is because I know Robbie's not on social media apart from uh, on 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 one platform. Uh, I won't mention it, Robbie, unless you do. Um, but for someone who doesn't have social media. And, it isn't prominent on there. How how dangerous could it be, Robbie, for younger players? Because you're not. I wouldn't class you as a younger player. I'd class you as a young man. But is it is it dangerous for for young players to let someone else do their social media? Is it disrespectful? Should they be doing it themselves and just being educated? How you? Yeah, I think I like I had so I had social media before, um, and I got I got banned a couple of times on social media. But it, it, it's purely because. When people don't understand football, it's quite hard for them to understand the tweet and stuff like that. And they take it in the wrong context and they take it as, like you said, like it can become across arrogant and stuff like that. But these players in the Premier League, I mean, they're not like, they're not idiots. Like, they know how to use a laptop. They know how to use a phone. I don't see how they can't do their own social media. Like, they've got more time than anyone in the world. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah. They're they, like they're always on their phones, constantly on their phones. You hear it in um, like when they do teammates on Soccer AM. It's always like, oh, who's always on their phone? Who's always on mm. social media? See, they, they can do it, um, mm. but I think a lot of it comes down to stupidity. I think some of them tweet out a lot of stuff which is just is beyond me, and then they they don't understand why they've been find and, and stuff like that because we have meetings every year from the, from the FA, from the PFA what you can tweet, what you can't tweet what you can put on social media so I don't understand like that side of it, I think just a lot of it comes down to money and they just probably think they're above their station and hmm. they need someone to run it for them apparently Weird I totally to agree with that side. That you, you look, at, you look at you, you, Robbie mentioned there about uh, players have loads of time. You know, what I mean, you're on about travelling. If people are on airfare now, you're on buses. You know what I mean? Which you know, you can be on for hours and hours and hours. You know what I mean? You're in a hotel, you're sat on your own. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not with your family. So what else do you do? You can, you could have really good interaction with, uh, with supporters and and do things properly within reason. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know if anybody ever ever followed him, but it was Ronald Koeman. I followed Ronald Koeman. Ronald Koeman. Ronald Koeman was one of my heroes as a player. I, I loved him. I loved everything about him. He brought my heart a few times when he scored against England. But um, but when he used to he used to tweet after a game, he used to thank the fans. And I didn't read that though. I I did a quick look at it. I read the abuse he got underneath because that that made and and he stopped it because of the abuse. And no one no one deserves the abuse. You know what I mean? For me, just read the comment. If you want to retweet it, retweet it. If you want to like it, like it. If you just want to read it, it's not about 
comment being abusive to people. It's about it's about just 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 having that interaction. You know what I mean? We we spoke off air about the the fans and players are so far away and distance from each uh, fans and players are distance from each other. It's scary, and it's going to be even more so if people aren't and like these tweet these tweets and Facebook posts and Instagram pictures and reading them properly and understanding what they really mean because. If I see a picture of someone in the house, am I am I looking at it thinking, why is he showing off? No, I'm not. He's just taking a photo. He's in his house because he's not allowed in the pub. He's not allowed in a restaurant. He's not yeah. allowed to know. So he's gonna he's, he's got to be in his house. Um, and I just think you know what I mean. And for me, Phil Ford and the young player, get your dad to do it. Get your mum to do it. Get your girlfriend to do it. Yeah. Don't pay it. somebody who's don't pay somebody who's gonna potentially stitch you up because they're having a bad day or they're they're having a bit of bit of fun being player because or they so don't even under, or they don't understand it like they don't understand yeah. the the intric not the intricacies but like the the different aspects of it you know what you can say and what you can't yeah. say because let's face it you could say something to an like if a player tweet and another player could probably not say something that I could tweet to you. Not necessarily yeah. like offensive or full of expletives, but oh, yeah. just something, yeah, it, yeah. you know, just a bit of banter or something like that. But like mm. I've said to you, Andy, numerous times, if it wasn't for the fact that I need social media to promote the show, the channel, <laughs> everything, I wouldn't be on it because I don't like it. I don't like what it represents. I don't like the this like the whole thing of people just posting how great their lives are and then there's always... I don't, you know, it's it's what I really I hate it. I hate everything about it, but I need it, so I've got to use it. But I, the dangers are when you put something out there, it's out there. You know what I mean? And I know, yes. I know myself. You know what I mean? I, I know, I know from my own mistakes that I, my 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 one tweet about Dave Jones is still out there. You can't get you can't get away from it. It's I made a mistake. I put it out there, and and, and you live and die by the sword, don't you? So. I do try to let you forget it, mate, but you just keep bringing it back up. <laughs> mate, somebody sent me it yesterday, so I'm never going to get, never going to be able it's, to forget it. It's not, as, it's, it's not as if I bring it up, you know, every week in the intro or something, <laughs> you know. You know about. But yeah, mate, um, you know, but this, Phil Foden's not the first, mate. Re recently, there's no, been a couple of them there. Like, it won't um, be the last either. Joe Hart did that Instagram story, didn't he? After Spurs lost, um, and he was well, Joe, whoever uh, was doing well, it. Uh, Julian Lescott did a, did a tweet in his pocket, apparently. Oh, yeah, he sat when he tweeted his phone, his car. Of course. Yeah, in what his pocket, do? you know what I mean? I guess, my, listen, my, 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 pockets are, my pockets are big, but they're not that big where I can do a post. and, uh, and understand. It's funny, though. I, I like the way that people try and get away with it. It's great. It's usually I was hacked. That's the kind of excuse, isn't it? It's like I was hacked. I'd, I'd, say, um, I'd, say, I'd say anything. That's it. Um, Robbie... Moving on to you, mate. Um, what's your f earliest football memory? Like the first time you fell in love with the beautiful game, as it was, not as it is. Um, yeah. I used to go to like you know the soccer camps in um, like half term. Yeah, I, I always used to get yeah. dropped off there. Obviously, like mum used to just drop me off and off she goes to do whatever. Um, and I, I just loved it from from then ever since. And then I started going to training, sort of five, when I was five, six, started going to training and stuff like that. And just loved it. I started watching football and watching Ian Wright. I grew up as a striker, so watching Ian Wright was just, honestly, was just a blessing. Like, he was he was a, um, an amazing goal scorer. And I used to just love watching him, watching him play. And he used to make me want to play, just used to make me want to play every day. Because obviously, with the way that he with the way that he came through, 
football late in, the, in in football terms. He came through late, obviously, didn't he? he got scouted late. He played non-league football. He, you know what I mean? And for someone who scored that many goals for for the Gunners and and had so much of a career that he had, you know what I mean? Is that is that is, is that from not just you, from other other football fans? Yeah, like he was just so raw. Like he, you could just tell that he just loved playing football. Like he was playing in the Premier, he was playing in the Premier League, like he was playing still on a Sunday, like he was playing with his mates. Every game was a smile, and he, he celebrated every goal, no matter if it was a tap-in or a, or a, or a thirty-yard screen. It was the same. Yeah, he didn't always play with a smile on his face, or did he? When he when he played no, against Peter Sanchez, you know, I mean those those two, <laughs> yeah, those those two didn't get no. under. Those two didn't get um, on. I liked him. I season watching those two. I used to love it. Yeah, it was awesome. Robbie, was he your first like idol in in terms of football? Like growing up, was he your first player that you really, really looked up to? Yeah, when I when I first got my first um, kit, when I played for my first team, I got the uh, number eight straight away. Okay. Um, so he, he yeah he was my my idol growing up. What was it about him, Robbie? What was uh, what was the was it just the goals he scored? Like you said about him enjoying this game. What was it? Because he was, he was. I, I, I think it was a little bit. He got the credit he deserved. How good he was technically. You know what I mean? You see him at Crystal Palace. Um, you know what I mean? The, the things he used to do there. The, the 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 hero status he got there with with the cup finals against United and stuff, and the goals he scored there to get his move and and stuff. That, what was so special about him? I think I found him just so infectious. Like he's. Like I said, he smiled with it. he smiled in every game. The goals he scored, I remember he I think I'm not sure I think it was against Everton. He's like flicked over the defender one side, flicked it back yeah. the other side. I think he loved Neville Southall. It, yeah, it was just it was just an amazing to watch. And then as a kid, you go out in the garden, you try and recreate I'm trying to recreate Ian Wright's goals every every evening. I remember, I, I remember the goals he scored. I think it was a, a chip he scored at Ellen Road against John Lukic and the other, and he chipped it back yeah. and I, I was, I, you watch a, you watch a certain player in a certain goal at a certain time and think that that that's just not, that's not human. You know what I mean? Someone who can just find things that easy, find the back of the net that easy. He did it with such finesse, week in week out, game after. Like I'm, I remember. I remember when he got his, his record. I think it was against Bolton Wanderers, wasn't it? When he uh, when he got his, his record, and he already had the t-shirt wearing, and, and I think he scored two or three that game. Which it's a, it's just a credit to the man, you know what I mean? That he he, he broke record after record, which is just a phenomenal phenomenal achievement. Yeah, he he, he was just an amazing goal scorer, one of the best in the Premier League. Yeah. Totally agree. Oh. Sorry, we've got loads of questions. Yeah, loads I was just going to say, let's go for some questions. I'll pick some out. Uh, Reese says, um, Robbie, were you at Newport when uh, Wesley was hired? Any stories? Uh, if you weren't there, did you hear any stories about <laughs> him? Loves to bring a medal in, apparently, and tell everyone what a winner he is. I wasn't actually there when um, when he got the job. I, okay. um, I was actually going to sign... Um, there was talks about signing in the January um, when he was there. Um, but he's a character. He, he's such a big character yeah, he is. in football. Yeah. Um, I think the only story I have about him, I think um, when I signed in the summer, the boys were saying that um, I think someone choked him out in the changing rooms. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think he, um, like he used to like love. He used to like. He's, I think he said to one of the boys that like, I could take you in a fight. Obviously, trying to like 
<laughs> riled them up sort of thing. And uh, and then I think they ended up having a roll around in the changing rooms and I think it ended up like, being broken up. But it wasn't like a malicious a malicious fire. Yeah. I think it was just a play fight and I think someone ended up they ended up in a he was in a headlock at one point, I think. <laughs> Excellent, I like those stories. It's a stories. good story, though. Good that story, is a good though. story. Um, Gavin Randall says, what's the best stadium you've played in? Oh, Wembley. Easily Wembley. It's, Excellent yeah. choice. What about, uh, what about outside of Wembley? So, like, uh, if you take out the sort of... Um, I had a, we had a player final at the Etihad, um, and that was unreal. It's, it's massive, so it was... Cool. It was, uh, yeah, amazing. Uh Andy's dad says, who's better, Wright or Shearer? I'm getting all jealous here, though, by the way, before you answer that question, Robbie, that the only stadiums out, out, that was one stadium that I never got to play at Wembley, you know what I mean? And I, and when, and when we talked about Man City, it was always Main Road, and Main Road was a lovely stadium, by the way, but didn't have the, of the Etihad or, you know what I mean? Highbury was great, but doesn't have the, 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 the greatness of, you know what I mean, the new stadium. It's just all the new stadium is just 10 times bigger. Yes, they might not have, yeah. the, have the atmosphere, but they're just great in stature. They're just amazing. Amazing. Yeah, who's better for you, uh, Who's better for you, Robbie? Andy's dad um, wants to know. I'd say, I, I like it. I, I, I would always say him right. Yeah, he's never going to go against him, was he? Never going to go against him right there. Um, let's have a look what else we got. Uh, oh, okay. your, da Sorry, your dad was gone. Sorry, you gonna, are you, you going to answer that question? Which one? That one. Right or Shearer? Yeah. Uh, I know I'm a massive Alan Shearer fan, i got to be honest. Uh, so I'd probably go with Ian Wright. I like the way... I, I What I like about Ian Wright is that you know, like, he, he was aggressive in the right way. Like, he was a winner and he was aggressive, passionate, but he played with a smile on his face. I like that. I like a bit of uh, competitive without having to be resort to being horrible. Um, I think it's hard to compare. I think, I, I'll yeah, honest, that, I, look, Alan Shearer is one of the greatest goal scorers the Premier League, I think you, the English football. I think you can play them both together. They're not, they're not the same kind of player. You know what I mean? I don't think you. The, when you've got when you've got two players who aren't the same, I think yes, it's, I could, it's you difficult. can play both of them together. It'd be a perfect partnership. Perfect partnership. Yeah, I could go with that. Um, Liverpool are winning apparently. Yay! Um, and the really? What else? Uh, Andy's dad also asked, "Who's who's who's had the biggest uh, influence on your career, Robbie?" Um, I'll probably say my dad. You know, like he, he he came to every game. He used to drive me to every game, uh, no matter where it was. Um, so I say, yeah, I'd say my dad. He was um, always, always opinionated after my games, so I'd always know if I'd done well or if I'd done bad. But, Did he um, give you yeah. honest feedback? Yeah, he like yeah, whether you were good or bad. Probably, probably too honest sometimes. Mm. Um, but like my dad, got, this sounds like my dad. <laughs> as I've got older, it's, as I've got older, it stopped. So it's not unless we're on TV, then I'll get a, a text after. <laughs> um, Kade asked. Oh, I don't, I don't sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. I, I'm forty-two now. My my dad came to watch me play. I still get abused. And rightly so, by the way, because I miss a sitter on Saturday. But I still get abused when I don't play very well. The only thing I can get away with is if I start running about and just try my best. And then my dad will tell me that I played well, which is what it is. But do you know what? I don't mind because Robbie will tell you, you know what I mean, if I'm telling you, and I'm playing very well. For me, it gives me it gives me that kick of the backside that I need, that I'm not there just to 
just to just go through the motions. I, I want to play because I'm a winner. I'm a born winner, and I've missed football so much over the last probably five, six years that now I'm playing again. It's I've got a new lease of life. Yeah. Um, Kay Childs asked, is there a certain uh, fine price in terms of if you get a yellow card or a red card? He said he understands if you don't answer them. Um, yeah, there's not one for yellows. I think unless you get, um, it's usually like club fines. So I think unless you pick up sort of five or ten yellows and you get a suspension, then there's usually like a, probably a percentage of wages that you mm. have to pay. Um, but I don't really pick up too many, so I'm all right, I'm all right on that. Um, he, used eight, he used to be like eight quid. He used to be eight quid a yellow. Yeah, he used to be, yeah. Inflation. Used to be about, used to be five. Used to be five. Yeah. Stop now. Back in the day, and. Only cash in them days, Andrew, wasn't it? Only cash in them days. Yeah, it was, yeah, you did. Yeah, I used to have to push a number in the, uh, into the switch number and no, <laughs> no swiping. <laughs> Go to the post office and pay it in. Um, Rob Boyle wants to know, uh, it's a very one of the tough tough hitting questions he says uh, have you ever been on a night out in Newport where's your favourite place to go Courtyards Breeze Greyhound etc oh everyone always ends up in Courtyards mm-hmm. it's like three floors three floors and everywhere you always seem to end up there I've only had a handful because uh, Cardiff's only 20 minutes down the road so Cardiff's much Cardiff. better mate. but uh, yeah but Newport Newport uh, we had a when we got promoted, we had our promotion party in Courtyard. Nice. So, um, there was another question I was looking at, and I just can't... Uh, I've lost it. Uh, Craig says there, um, when you were at Cambridge, two players left to go uh, to go to promotion rivals Luton, uh, and you commented on them going, uh, and then you were sold to Luton. What was it like when you turned up at, the, uh, at Luton in the changing room? No, they were fine. They were fine. Well, I think I said something like, if you don't want to help the club move forward, then then that's fine. But I didn't really understand it at that age. I think I was 20, 21. And I didn't yeah. really understand it. Um, I'd been at Cambridge since I was. I did my YTS there, so it meant it meant loads to me. And they'd obviously moving on in their careers and stuff like that. And they'd, they'd given good contracts at Luton. Um, but they were, they were fine with it. Um, I actually asked. I actually asked to stay um, when I got sold. I didn't. I didn't even know. Um, okay. Did you? Um, sorry. Did you feel like quite a bit? Of, do you feel any apprehension going there? Like obviously, number one, you were going sort of against your will, if you like. But also knowing that there was a couple of players there who you had sort of not called out, but you'd commented on them leaving. Um, not really. Uh, one of them, one of them, I played with from sort of seventeen when I first got broke into the first team. So he he was quite understanding about it. Um, we all just had a laugh. Um, yeah, yeah. We always had a laugh about the comment. Uh, but sort of going to, going there against my will, it was like. So I got called into the manager's office um, before training, um, and there'd been like a few bids every so the last two weeks, and they've all been turned down. And then he just said to me, "Like um, we've accepted a bid." And I was like, right, okay. Um, and I just said to him, like, what can you offer me to stay? Because I'd been there so long, I was like, what can you offer me to stay? And he just said, no. He said, like, I'm telling you to go. Like, you need to go for yourself, for the food football. You need to go and progress and, and move on. Um, and it was a great club. It was, it was an amazing club to go to. 
it was like a, it was a championship run club but in the conference so mm. it was it was a win-win really how did, how so, did you feel though Robbie that, that we've heard this story though say haven't we a few times you know I mean might want to go and the club did did, did the deal basically without without him wanting to go how did how did you get your head round leaving a club that you didn't want to you didn't want to leave? You know, what I mean, Cause that must be that must be difficult. You know that I, I, I put, probably put myself in that same situation. My football club, I left Middlesbrough, but I, I left on the terms that I wanted to go. I wanted to go and play football. You know what I mean? It wasn't a case that I didn't want to go, but I had to go. You know what I mean? So I, I was quite lucky, really. You know what I mean? When I left, I think I made it. I made it clear to the to the supporters that the only way I would leave is because I had a buyout clause in my contract. And the club wasn't great financially at the time. Um, so at the time, I was probably their biggest asset at the time. And I made it clear that I was only going to leave if if I was sold or if the club said they didn't want me anymore. I wouldn't hand in a transfer request or anything like that. Um, and then when the day come, because I was so settled and, and been there for so long, that's why I asked if they would offer me a new contract. Um, but they couldn't do that. But... Now looking back, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change leaving. So refreshing, Andy. Si, isn't it? So refreshing. Yeah, it is so refreshing time. to hear, though. So refreshing to hear because you don't get this loyalty um, at all. I'm no. not going to say. I'm not going to say. Sometimes you don't get it at all. There's no loyalty no. in football. Very, well, I wanted to ask you a question, and just on that subject quickly, um, because you, obviously you both have got kind of insight into this. Like when a club says. Or accepts a bid and tells you, look, we're selling you, basically. You haven't really got a say in it. Like, Reese has asked the question there. Have a player, because you hear it a lot, has a, what can a player do in that situation? Can they, you know, can you say, well, no, I don't want to go and put your foot down? Or do you ultimately kind of have to get the message, I take it, you know, I, the club doesn't want you or the club wants you to move on for financial reasons, whatever it may be. Like, it seems as if, like, everyone talks about player power, but, like, it also seems like if the club wants to sell you, they'll sell you. Oh, listen, I think it's uh, it, it's got it's got to suit both parties as well. You know what I mean? I, I, th I think there's, there's 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 a lot what goes from a transfer to a, to a transfer happening. You know what I mean? There's a there's a big distance from that to happen. But for me, when a football club's always told me that um, we've accepted a bid or you're not wanted, for me, it's got to be it's to the end of the road. You know what I mean? Because it, there's there's got to be that that. Um, that, I mean, if I, if I, if I do stay, um, I'm probably staying against the club's wishes. Do you know what I mean? Are they gonna Are they gonna not play me? You know, I'm gonna go to a club who's who obviously wants me. I'm gonna go to a club who's gonna play me. I'm a footballer. You know what I mean? I want to play football. You know, I was quite lucky back in the day that we still got paid very good money. You know what I mean? But it's it's it was all about playing. You know what I mean? And when I wasn't playing, I felt a little bit of a fraud. You know what I mean? That, that, mm. that when I didn't play, I, I was I was a little bit like well. What am I getting paid for? You know that that's why I, I wanted to go on loan to certain clubs. I wanted to find a club. I wanted to I wanted to leave. You know, when I wasn't playing, when I wasn't playing the Cardiff City, you know what I mean. I, I was frustrated. I was I was angry. I was anxious. I wanted to go and play football, um, and and then when I got the opportunity to go up to Scotland to go and play football, then for me it's a no-brainer. You know what I mean? I, I'm getting paid to do paid to not do a day ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me it's just an absolute no-brainer. You know, it doesn't matter if you're getting paid more or less for me. You know what I mean? I wanted to go and play. You know what I mean? And 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 I need, I needed to go and play for my own sanity, for my own career, for the rest of my footballing career, uh, which was the most important thing for me. Yeah, you know what I mean? But Robbie can remember being twenty year old, nineteen year old, and coming through a Cambridge. You know that 
football career goes over so quickly, it's scary. And mm. by the time you know it, it's done and it's finished. And looking back, the, the times when you think, I should have left that club or I should have played more games or, you know what I mean? I, guess I wish I'd have played more games because I see people who played 700, 800 games and I think, could I have played more games? Could I have been a little bit more selfish and gone to a club who, who was going to play me a little bit more than sitting on the bench or not being in the squad for a season or whatever whatever it may be? And, Yeah, I think it's difficult, isn't it, at the time, because, like, it's easier to look back in hindsight and stuff. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, it's easy to look back and think, oh, I should have done this, or I should have said this, or I should have behaved a certain way, or whatever. Like, it's easier to do that after the fact. But you've got to make these decisions about your football, and, and if you're in, if you do love the football club that you're at, whether it's Cambridge or Middlesbrough or Cardiff, it is very difficult to leave, even if you've got a Dave Jones saying, right, I don't want you here, and if you don't go, I'm going to make you train with the kids. Mm. You kind of It's still difficult to make that decision, isn't it? As a young man, you know, you've got to move your family, you've got to move everything around, you've got to... There's lots that comes into it, um, into that decision. Robbie will tell you. Robbie might have had a discussion with uh, with, with Kev, Kev Ellison. You know what I mean? We spoke about... Uh, I spoke to Kev after the incident happened at Morecambe um, and, and and his goal and his celebration, uh, Robbie. Uh, you as a player. It, it, it makes you want... It makes you more determined to play football for me. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't personal. You know what I mean? What, I was bored. I'll be honest. I was, I was bored to death every day. I was going to the gym every day instead of going to the training ground. I was... I was Spending more time on my own, which I didn't enjoy, um, doing things that I just didn't enjoy doing. I was going shopping more, didn't enjoy doing it. Um, I wanted to play football. I wanted to score goals. I wanted to train. I wanted to have the banter. And I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting paid to do it. So for me, it was just a no-brainer, no-brainer at all. Robbie, is that, is that ever happened to you at a club where you're in favour, but the manager just doesn't probably like you in or, 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 or put you in the in the groups so you've trained with the with the, with the reserves or with the, or with the kids or something? I've, uh... I trained on my own. Um, I had to go with a when I when I returned to Cambridge. Um, I had to so I returned. I, I signed for Cambridge on a two-year deal, and then I think after about four or five months, I was training on my own. Um, so I was with the fitness coach in the morning. Um, I wasn't allowed to talk to anyone. Uh, none of the boys were allowed to interact with me at training. Um, so there was about seven pitches. And I was like on number seven pitch, like you could just about see the boys. Um, no ball, just running up and down. How did that make you feel, Robbie? I, I know exactly the pain that you're probably going to say and the frustrations and stuff. And how did that make you feel as a as a person? Because that's who you are. You're a person, not a footballer. You're a person. Yeah, I think I think because because I come through there as a YTS and I've played, I think, to about close to two hundred games for the club. I'd been sold, you know, the club had sold me, made money on me to pretty much bring money into the club because they weren't in a great position and stuff like that. And I returned for the right reasons. And then they would, they would just, it was just so poorly, so poorly done. Um, going into training was just such a headache because I know what I'm, I know what I'm facing. I'm facing a manager that just hates me, just hates me. I'd put my trainers on, go running. And that's it. Like I just—that was my day. Just go running, go back. 
And do, do you know what, Rasai? I can I can see the I can see that the, the pain and anguish there in Robbie's face. That, that you know, it's the same thing with me. You know that you you turn in every day and you know what you know what you you're coming into. You you know because you have to go in. It's not a case of what people are probably thinking is don't don't go in. You have to go in. Get fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to go in. or You're breaking your contract. Your terms. Of your contract. Which your club wants you to do, by the way. You know what I mean? So for me, it's. You know what I mean? And Robbie speaks very highly of Cambridge United because they're giving him that opportunity. He came through the youth ranks. He's, you know what I mean? He's got obviously got an affiliation with the club, so it can leave us leave a sour taste. But everybody knows on here my love for Cardiff City, regardless of what one person thought of me at that football club. It will never stop my love for Cardiff City, and it's mm. just it was a matter of time and, and, and sorry, a moment in time which between two people didn't say either I didn't get on whatever you want to call it, and he had his opinion. He's just said there and and, and alluded to. Training on my own was probably the hardest time in my football career. You know what I mean? I've been, I've been, mm. I've been relegated. I've had 14 months serious injuries. I've been told that you're not playing professional football again. You know what I mean? But I'd put that up there with probably the, because it was so depressing. It was so upsetting. It was awful. You know what I mean? And 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 I can see how I can see why it happens as well. By the way, because I can see why clubs do it to players. But well, I don't, I don't understand with it, it though. What I, yeah, what I, well, Gaz made a comment. He says it's madness to make players train with the kids who aren't disruptive, and that's kind. Of, I don't really understand that. Like, like, correct me if I'm wrong, and but in your case, it wasn't that you were disruptive. It was just that Dave Jones didn't fancy you as a player, as far as I'm aware. So, like, there's no reason to to isolate yeah. you, is there? In, in that situation, oh. if you're getting your head down and training and doing your job, all right, you're not going to play. That's up to the manager to make that decision. But there's yeah. no need to isolate you from the group and your mates and the teammates and no. make you feel like less than a player. Um, Robbie doesn't come across as disruptive, so I'm assuming it's the same for him. He wasn't being a disruptive influence in the in the train changing rooms. So for me, if you're not being disruptive in the group, there's no reason to isolate you from that group. And I think it's disrespectful. And I think it's it's crazy that football clubs treat players like that. Because it's not a, you know, it's not like it's just happened to you two. But it's happened to no. probably eighty percent of players around the country. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it baffles but me. But there's, there's reasons behind it, though, sir. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, yeah, my my reason was that Dave wanted to bring in Stevie Thompson. Um, but the reason that, that we couldn't sign him because we were over over we were overcooked in centre forward area. We were getting we were paying too many wages, so they needed me off the books. And because I was happy to stay and fight for my place. That, that, that was the reason and so I'm saying something positive back to somebody and, and I get a negative back to me I, I, and, and I didn't like that so the more stubborn somebody was with me the more stubborn that I thought I could be with them and it backfired a little bit for us both in the end I think so mm. it's a tricky one isn't it um, right let's get some more questions for Robbie then uh, before we have to wrap up uh, Reese says uh, when signing for a new football club how much of an influence is the potential of a new manager, or how much influence is the potential to work with a new manager? Yeah, I think it's a massive. I think it's a massive incentive. I think if you've got yeah. someone that you know or someone that people speak highly of and you want to work with them, then mm. you know it's a fantastic opportunity. And the older I've got, the more the more I've seen it. Um, and you get the best out of yourself when when you're playing for someone that you want to that you want to play for, and you're happy. That's the big thing in football. When you're happy, you play your best football. And you see it in a number of players. And, and a lot of players say it in their interviews. You know, I'm, I'm, and, and supporters take the mick out of them because they're like, 
you know, he'll say, oh, I'm happy and I'm playing my best football and supporters are like, you should be happy, like, you're playing football, but there's obviously more to it than that. Like you said, like, with training with mm. the kids and stuff like that and training on your own, it's it's the hardest thing in the world. Like, people think, oh, I'll just go running and stuff like that. No, it's so hard. And you can't talk to anyone at training and you can't interact with anyone. And then the, the thing, I, I'm, I'm having to go home and say to my dad, like, I was, like, young at the time, and I'm like, I haven't actually done anything. Like, this isn't me, like... I haven't gone in and I haven't like kicked the manager's door in and saying I'm not playing for the club or anything like that. They would, they just didn't give me, they give me a couple of outs, like a couple of clubs that I could go to, but they just weren't clubs that I wanted to go to. One club wasn't paying their, wasn't paying their players. So mm. I was like, why, I was like, well, why would I go to a club that isn't going to pay me? And then they were like, well, you need to go. You need to go. And I'm like, well, Crazy. if you're going to pay me the rest of my money, then I will go. I'm not going to go and play for free. I think the club was four and a half hours from my house. So I was like, I'm not going to play for free and live four and a half hours away. And then you see, like, that incident, because I said no, he then made me train on my own more and more and more. But when I had an offer from Newport that come in, which was a realistic offer, which was a proper contract, which had, you know, accommodation and things like that, I, I signed. I, I had no problem leaving that's why it's a bit like it's a bit sour for me at Cambridge because they, the fans don't understand why I left and the yeah. fans don't understand yeah. why I left to go Luton because I returned after I went I think we played Cambridge about four games four or five games after I left and I remember some guy shouting at me saying you've dropped your wallet I was like you I was like you sold me I I didn't mm. I didn't ask to leave you sold me like this is the big thing in football yeah, this, is a, this, is, this is this is the problem we've got though, you know what I mean? Because Robbie Robbie mentioned it earlier on about um about his next the next move being right for family and stuff, you know what I mean? He mentioned that he's that he's got an eight eight month eight month old baby. You know what I mean? So everything's gotta be right for the it's the family's gotta be looked after, the family's gotta be happy because Robbie said just a short time ago that a happy player on the pitch off the pitch will be a happy player on the pitch and, and perform his best and that's what happens, you know what I mean? Because you're going on the pitch with no fear, you go on that pitch with a smile on your face because everything off the pitch is well. Um that your mentality off the pitch is is sorted out and that's the club's responsibility to do it. It's yeah, you you your players responsibility to do it yourselves and your family's responsibility to do it and it's it's key. You know what I mean? Because the, Robbie mentioned it, you know what I mean? That that you, you just naturally go on it because it's the same as everybody in normal life, you know. You go to work every day. Um, if you're in a bad mood at home, you take it into work. You know, have an argument, you know what I mean? And that's the same as anybody, you know, it's the same as a footballer. You turn up for training and you're in a bad mood, you have a go at someone, you do a rash tackle. You have to go up with a teammate and then all of a sudden you find yourself not in the squad for a couple of games because you've upset the manager. And it happens, we've all been there where we've done something we shouldn't have done or we... You know what I mean? We say something to somebody at the wrong wrong place at the wrong time, and it's you know what I mean that fans need to understand that players are normal human beings. They're going to make bad days, and those bad days that they need people around them, not people saying to them, "You dropped your wallet," or people saying to them, "Yeah, you're not working hard enough." You know, there's a reason why players have bad games. You know what I mean? But people don't look into them. People think they don't care and they don't want to play for that club. It's far from the truth. You know what I mean? People mm. have bad games because of. Um. Robbie, we've talked, me and Andy have talked at length about the loan system and the benefits that it had on Andy's career and we've talked to other players about it. Obviously, you're on loan at Exeter at the moment and Donna asks, um, how much contact do you have with uh, Flynn now that you're on loan uh, at Exeter? 
Yeah, we, we have some contact. You know, it's not obviously... It's tough because obviously the position they're in and the position we're in and they've got they've obviously got a big job to do. Um, but I, I I played with um, the I call him the gaffer. I, I played with Flinny um, at, at Newport when I first signed, so we are good friends. You know, I've known him still for eight nine years, um, so we are good friends and um, we'll probably talk properly in the summer. Um, the club's going down a different route. I think they're getting a sporting director. Um, this season, so it's gone down a different route. So, um, but you know, I, I, I wish him all the all the best with the the running for the, the playoffs because they have, they've been brilliant this year. To be fair, they've changed their style of football and and he's implemented that well. But we have had some. You said there, Robbie, there. about uh, you said there about about obviously Flynn and 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 that you've known him a long time. Did you always see him being a manager? Because I think things since he has been a manager, he's he's done sessions. He's He's implemented those in a philosophy, the way that he wants to do it in a di- in a difficult league, by the way. Um, again, in a, on a difficult pitch at times, against some good sides, some big clubs, and he's he's fought all the way. He's had he's had some so many so many positive times, so many positive results. Couple, you know what I mean? Big games. Um, what's his what's his what's his key to success? Um, again, I think it's just infectious. Like he's he loves football. Um, and he manages just to get the best out of people. The players he gets in, he just manages to get the best out of people. The pitch, obviously everyone's seen the pitch, it's not great. But it worked as an advantage for us, obviously, in the FA Cup. You know, we had teams come to us yeah. in the FA Cup and they were beaten by the time they'd done their warm-up. I think we had yeah. Middlesbrough. Yeah, I watched the game. We were lining up in the tunnel. And literally, as we were standing side by side, the um, it started raining, and you just heard their team go, oh, cut, not not tonight." And you're like, "You're thinking we've won this already? This is done already?" But yeah, no, he, he's just great at getting the best out of people. He really is, and and he's changed the style this year. They've gone total football this year, um, and it seemed to work for him. They had a couple of games, obviously, at Cardiff City, um, but yeah it's, yeah, it's worked really well for him. That was one of the games that I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about about um, about watching you because obviously watched you in watched you in that game and um, I, I agree with what you say by the way I thought Middlesbrough's attitude towards a football game that night so I think it was a Thursday night or some Thursday night FA Cup game and it was Middlesbrough Middlesbrough's attitude in that game was absolutely diabolical you know what I mean they turned up to a game thinking that we're a we're a big club. Um, we've got some big players, Rudy Gestead, you know what I mean, George Friend, uh, Adam Clayton, etc. And they just came and it was further from the truth. From minute one to the end of the game, you got absolutely dominated all over the field. They didn't look like they were trying, they didn't look like... But And, and I'm not being disrespectful, by the way, at Middlesbrough. I thought Newport were the better players, they had the better team. The tactics were spot on, you know what I mean, Middlesbrough just didn't... didn't the Newport County side that, that, that evening. I think it was... Um, they had... Yeah, we played them late on in the week, and they were the early kickoff on the Saturday morning. They had leads at home on the early kickoff, so it was one of them. They just literally wanted to get get the game done and get back up to Middlesbrough as quick as they can. Um, and uh, their flight—they were flying from Cardiff. Um, their flight got cancelled. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then they were dri- they were driving back up in the bus. The bus broke down, um, so they didn't get back till sort of Friday morning. Didn't train and they had Leeds. I think they got beat by Leeds, so it was just 
I think it was about 48 hours for them. Robbie, to be honest, though, a lot of the, a lot of the players have had a lot of energy left because they didn't uh, they didn't run about that nice. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> uh, they had a lot. Of, like, don't worry, don't don't feel sorry for them. You know what I mean? But as a Middlesbrough fan, I, I remember the whole debacle of that. You know what I mean? So that the the side that flew up before the game, fine, prepared, fine, perfect. Game finished. The flight got cancelled because I think it was the weather. To be honest, um, so then they decided to go back in the bus. The bus the bus broke down. They didn't. The whole thing was an absolute, absolute just shower of rubbish, and um, <laughs> and it happens, doesn't it? It's just one of those things. It just it just accumulates into a big mess, and um, into the biggest game of the season against one of your local ranking by Leeds United as well, which uh, which was probably going to happen yeah. regardless, regardless. You know, because Leeds Leeds were the top side that year. That year um, in the championship, I think they got promoted that season as well. So it was uh, it was probably always going to happen. Bad day at the office, mate, by the sounds of it, at the end of the day. Bad, bad, bad weekend, uh, just bad, week, bad weekend, yeah. Long weekend. Every, everybody has them. Um, so I've got a really good question good. to finish off. But um, And is there anything else you want to put to uh, to Robbie now before I go to this last question? Because um, it's a good one. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I'd, like to, I'd like to ask uh, Robbie a question about, about after career. Is it going to be anything to do yeah. with that? No, no. Yeah, well, I'll let you do it then. Oh, so it's not right. Okay, Robbie, I'd like to ask about. Um, obviously, I, I don't want to wish retirement on you. I don't. But I, I just thought, have you have you thought about um, life after football? Because I know um, there's companies, you know what I mean, and the, the ex-footballers who are, are big advocates of, of of players having a life after football and um, and and thinking about outside the box. You know what I mean after football because you're a, you, you're a, you're a non-footballer more than you are a footballer. You know what I mean, and I found yeah. that out to my um, to myself, have you, have you have you thought about what what the future lies for Robbie Wilmot? Yeah, I don't. I know I don't want to coach. It's it's just not in me. I don't want to coach. Um, I, I was the same. I think I'm looking more down the agency sort of route. I, I want to become an agent. Okay. I think I've had my agent now, who I, who I've been with for year, a few years now, is brilliant. Um, I can't fault them. They're someone that I can because they played the game. I can ask them their opinion on, on contracts and stuff like that. But starting my career, I had some really, really poor, poor representation. Um, and I, I just want to be able to do it in the right way. The agency, I want to be able to be as honest as I can with the players. I think that's where in my early career, I think I needed it more than most, a bit of honesty. Um, like, like, to be fair, funny story, I, so I got, I got uh, the, the big got accepted um, from Luton and the manager said right you've got to go and agree personal terms with Luton tomorrow so I rung my agent and my agent didn't even know that I'd been sold so it's like oh. so it's you know it, they should be the, they should be ringing me and telling me that you know the deals the deals on the table and stuff like that and you know that's why I think I was more in shock at the at the um, the actual contract offer but yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I want to be down more the agency route and um, do, you, do it properly. Robbie, do you think that's a problem funny, though, um, in terms of young players, mate, and agents? Just that there's some agents out there who are maybe not having the young players their best interest at heart, or they might be too inexperienced, or you know whatever it may be. But young players aren't getting the best advice that they could be getting. Yeah, because you get like we obviously we play in the. Um, the checker trade tournament so we play the under 23s or whatever 21s whatever they are 
So we play like we've had Chelsea a couple of years on the last couple of years, and you've got 16, 17 year olds on 10 grand a week, and then he he doesn't leave Chelsea until he's sort of 25. Hmm. And I'm, I, I'd, I'd question the agent there. I'm thinking like he's getting a new deal after new deal after at Chelsea, but he's not playing in the first team. So you're pretty much making him sign contracts. You're getting your commission off the back of it. He should be going out and playing two, three, four hundred mm. games in his career, but he's not. You know, you see these players, they just, they leave Chelsea and they just die out then. They just finish mm. in the game and then you hear, oh, he, he had so much ability. Yeah, he had so much ability, but he had poor representation. Mm. And this, but this annoys me as well, though, si, you know, I mean, and, and, and I'll say it for an experienced player as well, you know what I mean? That, and I'll use me. I'll use me as an example because I'm not. I'm not embarrassed to say that um, I didn't need an agent when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. At the end. I needed an agent towards the end of my career when when the clubs were running out. When I really needed somebody to help me and and, and get hold of me, and tell me that everything was going to be all right, and to give me that advice and uh, give me kick up the backside when I needed it. But I didn't have that. You know what I mean? At my age, after scoring them winning goal at, at Millennium Stadium he'd ring me up after I scored against Man United to tell me how good I am ring me up and take me for dinner after I scored for England I didn't need that you know what I mean it was nice but yeah. I did, at the time it's only, when I, it's only when I get older and I look back I didn't need it you know what I mean because why do you need it I already know I'm playing well because my dad told me or my mum told me or my friends tell me or the papers tell me or the radio tells me it's so your manager it's so exactly my players and my teammates it's, it's so important now that um, like Robbie said, you've got ex-players who know the game, who are giving this, giving this advice to players. To you, you know what I mean. You need to go and play. You need to find a level to play at. There's a level for everybody, by the way. You know what I mean. If that's, if that's players who are playing in the Premier League, if that's players who, they're not playing. This under-23 league, and we've gone on about it, by the way, in this, in this, on this show. The under-23 league is an absolute disgrace. And should be any league reserve team football playing against men needs to be happening week in, week out on a Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night. Not bothered. Put it back in. Let experienced players play against sixteen-year-old kids, and let's 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 move on from there. Um, but I think it's so important that that everyone finds a level. Robbie was on about we spoke about Derby's youngsters playing against Charlie. I watched Charlie's Charlie's first team annihilate Derby's under twenty uh, under twenty ones, and it was embarrassing. I felt sorry for every single one of them because when those players aren't, aren't a professional football anymore. They're going to drop the conference north at the time, you know what I mean? And I feel sorry for them because what are they going to do then? They don't know any different, you know what I mean? And they're going to, yeah. the, the, the distance between there and where they're going to fall is drastic. And, you know what I mean? That, we're on about players who with mental health, we're on about players who commit suicide, we're on about players who can't handle by because no one's ever getting them ready for it. Robbie mentioned yeah. rep representation has a massive impact on that. And, and agents, representation, solicitors, or whatever you want to call them. They play a huge part, and that need to be uh, need to be educated in it itself because footballs are different to normal life. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. It's um, yeah, it comes down to if the agents have got if they genuinely care about the individual, not just the player, the footballer, and him on the pitch, but him as a person. And I think there's probably a lot of agents who don't really care about that. They care about you know, getting the biggest deal possible and as many young superstars as they can just to get their cut. And like we had David Cottrell on, mate, when he got when he got his big move. I think it was to Birmingham, off the top of my head. Yeah, and he was it. kind of in a in a new city. He was young, young guy with a family. 
because he, you know, he was married with kids and he was in a new city, didn't know anyone, had nowhere to live, and basically just was just kind of, to paraphrase, was dropped off in the city centre and left to it. Yeah, just dumped. Do you know what I mean? Dumped, yeah. And like, yeah. for me, like an agent and a football club as well should have been looking after him, making sure that he knew how to get a mortgage and a house because if he's 19, he'd probably be living at home hasn't had to pay bills and pay mortgages and sort all that sort of stuff out. So surely that's to me anyway. That's the agent's job, like for me. But I don't know what you guys think no, of that. But no, I'd like to think if I was an agent, I'd look after my players. But you know, is what it is. Um, right. Last question, Robbie, to wrap us up, and it's a good one. Um, Reese asked uh, a bit earlier on. He's asked it again as well because he's good. Like that. he didn't. I didn't have to go searching to find it again. But um, he says, uh, it's a question for both of you. It says, uh, how did, does pre-season training differ from back in the olden days when Andy used to play to the modern <laughs> era where Robbie plays? And he did absolutely, he worded it like that completely. I don't know what you mean. Thanks, Reese. Uh, Robbie, I'll, I'll let you begin and, and, and tell everybody an insight on what, what pre-season's like, you know what I mean, when, when, what, what date to start, how long does it last, double second? Yeah, so, so Newport, Newport usually start the last Thursday in June, um, so we okay. have testing days, Thursday, Friday is testing days, then we have the weekend off and then we, we go into pre-season, but it's changed so much, like the, back when I first sort of started my first professional season it was just Robbie so was old. just about to say that Robbie was just about to say back in the day there when it was black yeah back in the day it was so like yeah. it was literally just like whistles just one whistle run to one cone and back and you're doing that god knows how many times but now it's just it's just sports scientists it literally they didn't is. even have whistles when Andy was training in pre-season it just goes down to sports scientists and like yeah. obviously now we all wear like GPS vests and things like that so they can see what, and heart rate monitors and stuff like that so literally every morning there's graphs and stuff like that that they've got to do and um, and yeah they can obviously see if you're putting it in or not but now it's sort of all the people coming out of uni um, colleges and universities who are taking the degrees in sports science and stuff like that that's where it's heading down now it's not even it's not really managers. Managers just pretty much go off to sports scientists now. You get all these runs from America and all these different bits of equipment and stuff like that. You know, you still have fat testing and stuff like that, but there's a million ways to do fat testing now. So, yeah, it's just it's just changed so much. I think it's more down the science route now. Well, what was your pre-season um, like, Andy? Uh, I remember my first pre-season, which was we always we always trained on the first of July. I, do you know what it was like? It was that dreaded day, first of July pre-season training. It was like wh whichever day it turned on, it doesn't matter if it was a Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, it doesn't matter. First of July, you're in training, and we uh, we got dropped off um, by uh, we got dropped off at the entrance, and the minibus drove to the exit, which was about ten mile away, and picked us up. And however long it took us to get there. We had to get there, you know what I mean? So if you walk there, it took you a full day. If you run there as quick as you can, it, could just, it was it was an absolute nightmare. I'll be honest, it was horrible. It was the amount of, the amount of footballers, of, you know what I mean, friends, teammates, who I saw being sick that day was just outrageous. And it just, 
it never got any it never got any better because tomorrow we did it again and then tomorrow we did it again and then tomorrow we did it again i was like this is this is horrific if if you got a blister you know what i mean it would just be like just wrap it up and do it. you you go you going again and you just you were aiming for this first game you know what i mean you just wanted to play the games and the games and the games because at middlesbrough we were quite um they were quite game savvy at middlesbrough um that, because um, and stuff. We uh, we always arranged two games on the same day, so we'd play um, Hartlepool and Darlington on the same day, for example. So half the team would go to Darlington and play, half the, half the team would go to Hartlepool and play. So we'd get a full ninety minutes in, the, in in for the first team, which is which is fantastic. But um, I went to Bolton Wanderers uh, under Big Sam. Sam opened my eyes with what was available, you know, what I mean, in the sports science department, and we did a we did a thousand meter run every Monday. Um, and Sam used to tell us that we were going too slow individually because he had his iPad and he'd be telling us that because we had the monitors on he'd be telling us what, what was going on when I went to Halifax Town under Chris Wilder um, every day in pre-season it'd be like you're going too quick you're going too quick you're going too quick I'm thinking how can I be going too quick there was method in the madness you know everything was just data driven data 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 and, you know what I mean like Robbie said there were, there were, you, we, we, we linked with Huddersfield Uni um, and we did this I don't know if you've done it Robbie we did this uh, run on the treadmill and it was uh, the max test on the treadmill which is, a, which is a worrying thing by the way you're on a, you're on a treadmill side and there's crash mats left right and behind you you know what I mean so when you fly off because that's the only way to come off by the way you come off at the back it's, it's, you know what I mean it's you run until you can't run anymore when you're off um, and I remember I've seen a few lads fly off and do this and yeah, you run off and I remember the the, the, the bloke who was doing the tests, he was taking blood out of my ear every every minute or two and, and then he used to tell me to stop, you've done enough, you know what I mean, you can't go any longer, you know what I mean, you can go do another 30, 30 seconds and he was right because they just, they just know from something in your body that you can go how far you can go and it's it's just key, data is, data is key now and data is, data is king mm. in football now. Um- Rob just asked a question there when um, Reese was talking, but it made me think of something. How, um, like, obviously the Premier League players, or they all get drug tested and stuff, don't they? Do, how low down does that go? Do they test? Do they test the Championship and the League One and Two and and down into the Conference? It goes down to League Two. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we get yeah, we got we, we got tested. Um, a card of City side when I first signed because obviously the, the the quite famous story with Leon Jean yeah that Leon uh, Leon <laughs> Leon Leon got a new contract with Robbie I don't know if you know Leon he heard the Leon Jean but Leon Leon was a very talented footballer by the way probably one of the best football technically very very good winger um, he had everything going for him um, and uh, Leon went out on the Saturday night and took something he shouldn't uh, got just too excessive on the Monday uh, ran to the toilet and swapped his sample for um, some toilet water. Didn't get away with it. Ended up failing his drugs test and ruined a football career. And I think he's had, I think he's, I think he's, he's had a bad time ever since. And you know, what I mean, I felt so, I felt so sorry for him on one hand, but then on the other hand, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't cheat. You got to be whiter than white, and it's just, That's it's it, not yeah. great. You know what I mean? We just you have random yourself. Have- we just have random tests throughout the season. They come to training, and come to training and games. So it can take as long, as long as it takes. Yeah, if that's if interesting. If what would happen if you didn't take one? Because you, you remember Rio, Rio Ferdinand didn't take his. You get a, stri- got a... You get a strike. You get a strike on your um, on your name. I think oh. you get th- three strikes oh, okay. and you're out. Um, but 
Yeah, it's interesting. It's it used to it, you know. No, yeah. I think. Yeah, unless you've been taking obviously um, different protein or anything like that, or unless you have been taking something on a Saturday night, then you haven't really got any reason to worry anymore. Yeah, I find it interesting. Like that, I wasn't sure how low down in the league pyramid it went in terms of the testing and stuff. But um, yes, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Right, um, Robbie, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you, mate. Really, uh, really yeah, enjoyed having a chat it. about all these uh, different subjects. But you picked a good week, good week to come on, I think, as well, because there was so much to talk about. But um, yeah, really appreciate your time, mate. No problem. No, it's been brilliant. Yeah, really appreciate it, Robbie. Uh, amazing guests and great stories. Uh, everyone who's put questions in the in the group chat, really appreciate everything that you that you put in. Had some amazing questions again, by the way, on a on an evening with um, with so much to talk about. You know what I mean? I think this um, this subject might rumble on for a few more weeks. Yeah, but we won't keep going on about. Well, we'll talk about the uh, the championship and the and the the impact it might have on the EFL. Uh, on the championship show Friday, Friday. seven o'clock, because uh, we didn't talk about that part of it. But other than that, we'll probably leave it unless there's any further developments. But um, yeah, thank you to everyone who's watched, tuned in. Thank you to also the people who watch and download after the live show's finished. Always appreciate you guys. Um, new Danny Batten show, uh, fight show on Wednesday with another top quality guest. Uh, we've also got the championship show Friday. And a new episode of My Story on Sunday. If you missed the episode which we dropped yesterday, it was with Welsh filmmaker, actor, talk sport presenter, Johnny Owen. Uh, it was a good one, a fun one. I really enjoyed it. Hope you guys did too. But uh, in the meantime, big thank you to Black Diamond Sports as ever for all their support around the show. And of course, Bespoke Financial for sponsoring us. And uh, check out that offer which Darren is doing from Bespoke Financial. And uh, see if they've got anything which might help you guys. Uh, in the meantime, we will see you Friday for another episode. Cheers. Network.